Welcome back today on the Millennial Support Group podcast. Uh, we have our very special Scooby Doo episode. We're all very excited. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Maria has dressed up a little bit a la Daphne. I forget her last name. Does her character have Blake? Daphne Blake. Blake? Yeah. Wow, that's such a classy last name, like mm-hmm. Meredith Blake. Yeah. Um, she's wearing her purple top and a green scarf, which is like it's the exact same hue of scarf. It's kind of crazy. She's got her little headband. Um, we love to see it. Dedication. Um, I'm that's so what you get excited. here on <laughs> ZSG dedicated podcast hosts. Um yeah. So uh any weekly updates on your end besides your how long ago did you begin this sort of uh obsession with Scooby Doo? Um, probably about two weeks ago. Um relatively recent. Yeah. They say biologically obsession only lasts four years. Oh. Okay, I learned that well, from the theme song to Crazy Ex Girlfriend, the TV show. <laughs> but which was incidentally only four years, four seasons long. But um, how much content have you, have you gone through since then? Um, I've watched the live actions multiple times each. And then I've watched 93 episodes. Of 92. Spanning Are they across, hour long or? They're 20 hour. minutes. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. Yeah. And they're spanning across three different series. So nice. it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. But um, yeah, so me on the other hand, I, because recently Olivia Rodrigo has released her debut album, which is great, by the way, everyone should check it out. She has taken inspiration from a lot of really good musical sources and musical influences. So um, it's all great stuff. It's kind of like an homage to like Taylor Swift, Lord, and like, Paramore a little bit and even the cherry bombs in the first one anyways great stuff but basically with the release of her new album I'm being sucked in a little bit more to the high school musical the musical series uh so it's a little follow-up bit from our previous episode our previous high school musical episode um I've like started to watch a lot more interviews of her and her ex-boyfriend slash co-star co-worker Joshua Bassett um it's very interesting I saw this YouTube video that like laid out their entire relationship timeline of like when they first met and got hired and stuff uh until present day and how they track it with all their like public social media posts it's very interesting a little bit creepy but it's all public knowledge (laughs) out of all the Disney love triangles with like actors and stuff um they're kind of the most interesting to me um But also I think because Olivia Rodrigo isn't signed to Disney's record label, she's signed to a different one. Um, She has all this creative freedom and she can like curse and stuff, uh, which makes for the best content. Yeah, yeah. Potential breakup song that was updated to include like fuck once. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Also randomly, I like started the movie Band Slam on YouTube last night, um, which stars... uh, Allie, I think, from Allie and AJ. <laughs> it stars Ali Michalka, I think their last name is, um, in this movie with Vanessa Hudgens, who was in High School Musical. Oh 
so full circle and it was about a movie that where they like start a band or something but um, yeah I fell asleep after like 15 minutes so I'll let you know how it goes also uh Silvana do you want to address for the um people watching on video you're just holding a grape (laughs) (laughs) so when you started speaking I like went (laughs) I went to go eat a grape but then I realized I'm not supposed to eat grapes while I'm like being recorded and my mouth You're just holding it. <laughs> so I'm just holding it and I have a napkin on me that I've been placing it under. But also if for any visual listeners, I'm also wearing a shirt that I got once I got back to my apartment yesterday that says tiny hot topic bitch. Oh, wow. And I feel like it's what I aspire to emulate as an adult. That's my dream. Um, it was a shirt that I bought from Hot Topic that went to uh, all the proceeds went to a charity in Tennessee where they're trying to save this independent venue called, I'm pretty sure it's The End. And if it's not The End, it's called The Basement. But if it's not either of those, I'm sorry. But I think it's <laughs> The End. I think so. But it also could in be In a basement. basement? I think it's The Basement, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Was it because they were ending? The venue, independent... Was it that you were presenting the end? (laughs) I am hoping to. It's still, there's still a legal battle going on, but um, it's going to help like buy back the venue from its like hotel developer owners and stuff. Uh, There's a lot of bad blood in like the real estate game down there. So, (laughs) but um, yeah. But besides that, I have developed a bit of a, you know, uh, interest in the past of Olivia Rodrigo in the cast of High School Musical, the musical of the series. And I also like watched a few cast interviews to like see their dynamic. And it is very much uh, like I have yet to actually watch the show, yeah. <laughs> but it is very much like a bunch of theater kids are like making a TV show together and having like the time of their lives. And it's really cute to see. I wasn't a theater kid, but I was like friends with theater kids. So it is endearing. Um, I also appreciate that they hired teenagers who look like teenagers. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of old Disney shows and other like teen shows will hire like uh, 25-year-olds. Jason Earls, who was like yeah. 50. <laughs> right? <laughs> playing Hannah Montana's brother. Right? It's like, it just has like, you know, bad expectations. And then little girls are at home like thinking oh my god I need to like be looking like a woman at 14 (laughs) in order for like guys to like me or whatever when it's like no your child like be a child (laughs) in high school um so that's really nice that they like look like children but um because I remember watching like the Cinderella story movie and it's like a 23 year old Chad Michael Murray (laughs) in high school and so I thought that's what guys would look like in high school and they're all just like lanky nerds and Mm -hmm. my expectations were nowhere near the reality but yeah (laughs) that's my little update on my uh love for Olivia Rodrigo and co but did you um, hear um I don't know there's all these uh like I guess theories about what her next album is going to be and mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's going to be sweet because she handed out like I've seen sour than sweet sour patch kids I at first I was like, okay, like, I think the fans are having, like, I think people have a lot of free time and like, they're putting too much thought into something. Um, 
and there's sort of like there's a lot of crossover between um her fan base and Taylor Swift's fan base and Taylor Swift like actively puts like easter eggs and little clues and stuff in her things so I wasn't sure if Olivia Rodrigo was going to do that her marketing team for her album release was great though yeah and like their merch was great great which I think a lot of pop stars sort of uh falter at that area but um the more the TikToks I see about like theories and um she has like a lot of unreleased songs that she would play on her Instagram and stuff like that, that I'm like, honestly, she probably does have another album already recorded yeah. and it makes sense. And it's like, I guess like this is the age of pop music where uh, female pop stars just released two albums in a six month span, you know, Ariana Grande did it, Taylor Swift did it. Why not Olivia Rodrigo? Mm -hmm. um, they did have all that free time so last summer, so um they got done with more than than I did <laughs> oh my god same but yeah so I'm excited to see where that goes I'm excited to see what other singles she chooses to release any new music videos but um I got another grape why did you pick up another one I just I love grapes man just um, holding them maybe you should record separate audio so that I can like silence myself while I keep this grape when you talk but yeah, I don't know if so, I can change it now. Well, it's fine. But um, I is mean, it loud when you eat grapes? I feel I like it's a know. pretty. I mean, mushy. I can only hear me chewing from inside of my body. I don't know. I mean, chew it, and I'll tell you. No, wait. I've chewed. I ate a grape already. Yeah, I didn't really hear it. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but moving on to the actual uh, point of this episode. So why don't you introduce us to the basic historical context? and origins of Scooby-Doo, the franchise. I would love to. <laughs> I've never been more excited to talk about anything in my entire life. Um, let me just uh, get to the parts in my notes. Wow. Can you just like think back to two weeks ago before the love of your life had entered your life? I mean, it always enters. I don't know. Like, did you, did you watch Scooby-Doo and was that like a big part of your childhood? I, I definitely watched a lot of Scooby-Doo and I really liked it, but it wasn't like a huge interest for me. And also it was back when like, like when I watched it as a kid, it was still when like, if I wanted to watch something, I had to wait for it to come on TV. I couldn't just like, there weren't episodes on YouTube and like, we didn't have like TV shows on DVD. So yeah, we were just like, whenever it played on Cartoon Network or something we'd watch it and I enjoyed it I really liked that time period of like the, the groovy 70s yeah but yeah I don't know but it was also like once I stopped watching cartoons and like was in school more often or had more homework like I stopped watching it okay. so um yeah I don't and I don't know if I watched their content that was like geared towards older people Mm -hmm. like the live action films I remember seeing like on TV occasionally but I don't think I ever like sat down and watched those like action films all the way through was like a thing I also was really creeped out by Scooby-Doo really um, the like, CGI guy oh the, yeah the, in, the, in the live action yeah I also like didn't register how large of a dog he was yeah like from the cartoon and I was like why is this huge animal so big yeah. I loved Scooby-Doo I don't know I just feel like it was always on because they just had so much material at that point 
um, since it started in like the 60s. And so they just had so much material. So I watched like, um, I think I watched the original series. And I'm just going off of based on like the title credits that I recognize. I definitely remember the title credits. I remember a pup named Scooby-Doo. Remember what's new Scooby-Doo. I think I probably watched um, a few of like the movies. Um, But I think like, I don't know. It was just such a great series. It was also a thing where um, like every Saturday night we went out to a restaurant and, um, and so every night, like, (laughs) <laughs> you just ate a grape and you had delicious <laughs> sneaky smile put, on your face <laughs> i'll put a grape count on the youtube video yeah um but so like every um like saturday night we would go to a restaurant and but if it happened to be a night that like the washington capitals were playing my dad and my sister would insist that we went go to a sports bar that would play the game and so like we went there all the time and I wasn't a big sports person like I can sit through a game and like I can I'm better now but like then if you wanted me to watch a game you had to like buy me dip and dot because I just was not about that and we so we went to the sports bar like every Saturday basically that you about glory days the restaurant yeah I am okay. <laughs> I, I don't want people to think they were like at some random bar. <laughs> like no, it was no. a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it was a restaurant that yeah. had like TVs everywhere. And so they had all the games that were on. And they only had like one TV that played like usually like Hanna Barbera cartoons. And so mm. usually that was like either the Jetsons or Scooby Doo. So mm. Scooby Doo was like just like my savior in life. Aww. <laughs> Um, but I think I also like always associate Scooby-Doo with insomnia. Um, because like, so I saw the live action Scooby-Doo movie, like 2002. I was obsessed with it because I just loved the cartoon so much. Um, and I, we had to bring a copy of the movie, like everywhere. Like if we went out of town, we had to bring it because I would just get so upset if I couldn't watch like Scooby-Doo once per day like it was just my favorite movie and um but it was also like around this time like I was only like five or something I started having really bad sleep problems already where I had like poor child I know I was sleepwalking talking having night terrors and so and it was just like terrifying so I had all this anxiety around sleeping because I would just like I, if I had an episode, I would just suddenly wake up in like another bed and I wouldn't know what had happened. And because um, mm-hmm. either I had walked there or like walked to my mom's room or someone would like carry me over because I was screaming so much. And so oh it was just, yeah. And so I just developed such insomnia over that. And so my dad's big advice was to like to try to fall asleep just like replay a movie you know really well in your head Mm -hmm. and so for like the next five years every single night I went to sleep with a live action Scooby-Doo playing in my head oh my god I know it really well (laughs) so whenever I have insomnia I think of that movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why it's all coming back now well, I know a lot of people these days who will like play a podcast or a movie while they fall asleep because they can't, you know, it's hard for them to fall asleep or they can't be alone with their thoughts. Um, I'm both. But um, that's interesting that it's like <laughs> before technology, <laughs> you're just replaying it in your head. Yeah. But I also have a friend 
who had like terrible night terrors as a small child mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like I know quite a few people who like really weird sleep yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we just like um are drawn to each other it was in by the water. or if like this is actually a really common thing but I like will have sleep paralysis or sometimes lucid dream sometimes as well mm-hmm. and it's never fun I know people that were like, oh, I want to lose the dream. And I'm like trying to like train myself to do it. I'm like, why? I have a terrible time. It's not fun. I don't sleep well. And um, yeah, yeah. But I also, um, I feel like that's, (laughs) I guess it's like a somewhat supernatural, but I think they reveal that it was like a human all along, but it's like kind of a creepy show to like be falling asleep to like, it's kind of scary at times, at least for like kids. So I'm like, it's a very interesting choice as like your comfort movie. <laughs> but think, that being said, um, well, what are you going to say? Well, I think it was like comforting as like an adult that like any time a person was bad, they put on this elaborate costume to like do bad things. Like that's what I just assumed that like, but now I know like bad people are hiding in plain sight. And, and also like, masks. In Congress. <laughs> yeah masks aren't that uh well done either as a yeah. cartoon <laughs> yeah but um it's very interesting because you said it started in the 60s mm-hmm. uh like late 60s into 70s um there's been a, a sort of trend where a lot of like supernatural supernatural or like spooky stories and that kind of deal or like conspiracies um those types of storylines become really popular during times of distrust in the government so uh, it was really popular during the 70s and we had like Nixon and like, um, <laughs> like there was a lot of talk of aliens during that time and government conspiracies because there were government conspiracies and there still are. Um, and then you had it again in the 90s when you had a ton of scandals. You had shows like the X-Files and stuff where that was like a really big, like supernatural aliens conspiracy, like that was super huge. And then um, when 9-11 happened, everybody was like, no, we need to trust our government. I can't handle the idea of a conspiracy right now. And so all that kind of stuff went away for a few years. It like wasn't popular to make movies like that. And then it like had a resurgence once people were like, mm, Bush conspiracies, like Bush did 9-11 and uh, stuff like that. So they say like there's a trend of supernatural stuff that sort of mimics presidencies. And I thought that was very interesting. That is interesting. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if it's accurate, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, I think... um, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to go over the timeline. Of... I was going to ask you to okay. go back to the timeline. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Wow, one mind. Jeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, uh, so, basically in 1968, um, there was something called like action for children's television. And it was like a protest against excessive violence in TV. They went after like comic books. So that was a big time when like Marvel comics were banned and stuff like that. And so they were attempting to like make a new show that was kind of based on like the Archie kind of style, but like wasn't super violent or anything that like all ended up being like the janitor or something in a disguise. And so they originally did, um, like wrote something called Mysteries 5, which featured five teenagers in a rock band. Oh my God. And they were named 
Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and WW, along with their bongo playing dog, Too Much. That's his name, Too Much. Too Much? Oh my God. Yeah. And like when they weren't playing at gigs, they were out solving mysteries. Um, oh my God. So the mystery wagon is a tour van as basically. well? Um, but so then basically they decided to scrap that <laughs> and change it and just like ditch the rock band stuff. And then they renamed yeah. everything. And specifically like Jeff was renamed Fred um, because the um, executive for daytime producing at CBS was named Fred Silverman. And it was oh. at like CBS, so that he like insisted that it be named after him, which wow. Is really Honestly, that happens a lot where like the people name characters like after this, after <laughs> themselves. And then um, Scooby Doo is because they were still going with like the music band theme for a while, and so the Scooby Doo is actually inspired by. Uh, Frank Sinatra's scat dooby dooby doo at the end of his recording in Strangers of in the Night. So then they decided to call him Scooby Doo. Oh, that's really nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it started on CBS, and like you can see the '60s aesthetic, like you said, with like the flower power kind of on the on the van and like the psychedelic kind of colors. Um, and so originally it had. The only one who I think is still active is Frank Welker. I don't know if you can hear. Can you hear my garage? I can a little bit, but it's okay. cool. <laughs> we, we can wait. <laughs> um, I will. Can, can you hear, hear the bird chirping outside my window? No, I can't hear anything over the cicadas in my house. <laughs> I just like don't understand. Cicadas are like so horny right now. But also, they're like, so loud. Like, right? Loud. Like, I mean, it's everyone crazy. is just trying to get laid right now. So why can't we just, like, assume, like, if you cicadas don't see a ring, then just, like, go at it if you get consent. Yeah, you cicadas are really so having their hot girl summer right now. But I think Five it's also, dollars. like, you know, it's 2021, and I think we should normalize cicadas having a career before a relationship <laughs> and a family. Just Instead of having that. sex and immediately dying. Yeah. Okay. It's not worth it. We should we should Abstinence. direct a PSA for cicadas. Abstinence. Abstinence. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Cause if we if we make cicadas join the workforce, we'll actually lower the population in 17 years. So in 17 years, like our kids won't have to deal with the loud ass cicadas. Yeah. Perfect plan. Perfect. Anyways, back to Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. I think my dad's probably gonna <laughs> close the garage again in a second but I feel like the cicada banter should be in the show oh I'll keep it in (laughs) um we love cicadas there it's only on the east coast right or like I think so but there are like these people um this woman who like in is in Ohio Mm. and she was like I remember when I used to live there it is again (laughs) um but uh, my mom was telling me about this thing, um, like this this woman in Ohio, like I guess lived further down south, and she was terrified of the cicadas like 17 years ago, and they completely covered her car, 
And for oh some reason, God. she's decided that she wants to see it again. So she's like traveling back to the South, even though they like don't have cicadas where she lives and like she's free. But she's like doing like a little road trip just to see the cicadas. Oh, cute. Yeah. But um, a road trip soon. So, um, so originally, um, only like the guys were really like the original, like because you had uh, Casey, Kasem, who was Shaggy, and then you had um, uh, Frank Welker, who is like still the voice of Fred even today. Oh, wow. Just wow, like he's been Fred for over 50 years. And I think that's mainly because um, Fred is basically just his normal speaking voice. And so, oh, yeah. And so it's like the one that he's really stuck with. Now he's also Scooby Doo. He's also the voice of Scooby Doo, oh, wow. which I'm sure is hard to switch back and forth. Um, but the, the women were like, I don't know, Velma is very like squeaky kind of in the original. And then yeah. the. Um, Daphne, like she sounds like just like a Hollywood actress from like the 30s. And I don't know. And they also. It is interesting, like having like movies and TV from the 30s onward, like Americans really did talk a lot differently. And I don't know if it was like every day people spoke that way and differently, or they put on like a theater voice. Yeah. um, Specifically when they were being filmed. And I don't know which it is, even the way people sang like was different and stuff but right I don't know it is interesting weird like intonation I don't know Mm -hmm. um but basically like the the women changed out a lot because basically like because they were women they would typically get married and then retire from voice acting so like they changed like every job security wasn't wasn't really didn't really exist for women back then (laughs) Um, but basically so the original like they all kind of had character traits basically with Fred was the leader. So he was the one who was in charge of like creating traps and stuff. And he was the one who drove the van. Um, Velma is like the intelligent analyst person. She's always finding clues. She's like remembering shit from old books <laughs> like constantly. There's also this weird, like that I noticed, I watched eight episodes of it and then I gave up on it of the original show and like all of them deal with like Native American tribes. Oh. Like they see the ghost of Geronimo. And I'm not sure why every single one had that, but that was, I guess, the time period. Um, but then Shaggy. Geronimo? What? Geronimo? Mm-hmm. Like the like Native American. Like, I don't know, they just kept shouting Geronimo. It's like Geronimo. <laughs> Like I'm, that's the thing I've never known like the origin of that word I just like it's always just been a word that some tv characters have shouted sometimes and I, I don't he, know I think he was a chief or something oh, oh okay yeah so that's just that was really weird that every single episode had to deal with like Native American culture I don't really know why mm-hmm. um and then uh Shaggy and Scooby are hungry Shaggy doesn't eat like Scooby snacks until like the fourth episode or something. And he's like, that's oh. not bad. Um, but they're like scared and hungry. Um, and then Daphne, her one personality trait is that she's danger prone, which isn't a personality oh. trait like at all. It's just basically yeah. she like falls through walls 
And then they're like, oh, good going, Daph. <laughs> so she moves the story along by. <laughs> but she doesn't have any kind of personality. Like, yeah. like, um, like, I mean, they all have, they, at least they gave her a catchphrase. I will say that because, yeah. um, like, Daphne's is cheapers. And then. I thought it was jinkies. No, no. Velma is jinkies. And then, and then Daphne is jeepers, jeepers, and then Shaggy is zoinks, zoinks, and, and then was Fred saying Scooby's is like rut row, and Fred's mm-hmm. is let's split up, gang. <laughs> Which I don't know wow. why they can. The white man always with. tears us apart. Um. So at least they gave her something to say, but like most of her lines, like at least Shaggy is like constantly talking about food. Fred is constantly talking about traps. Velma's t- constantly talking about this book that this reminds her of and Daphne just says like what we're thinking she's like um, but how and you're right Scooby that is scuba equipment <laughs> like that's it that's all she says and so we love like, to be validated though yeah yeah <laughs> but she literally just has no personality and it's not like I didn't even find until the eighth episode that she even she got like poured like water or something on her and she's like, I'm going to talk to Scooby about my hair or something. And that was like the first time that she had any kind of personality because they just oh, wow. didn't give her one. Yeah. So that was really sad because she's my favorite character. Well, yeah, I love a redheaded character, you know, right? investigating mysteries. I don't know. I think she's just like, I mean, I think the Daphne that I remember is like the what's new Scooby-Doo and the live action ver- version. Yeah, I feel like they just like, evolved the characters mm-hmm. in modern times. Exactly. And so like the version that I remember of her is like she is super, super like brave, kicks butt, but she also doesn't like let go of her like femininity. Like she's able to be Aww. like a girl and strong and in what's new Scooby-Doo she like uses all of her like beauty talents to like open doors and like I remember her using like her powder mirror compact to like yeah. do stuff in, with the, in, the, in the second live action she uses blush and a pore strip to open the like finger lock which I've always wondered if that could actually work to get like a fingerprint on a on a door and then like it opens and then she's like I enjoy being a girl and I don't know for some reason that was just like really empowering for me um because I think you have to also remember is that this is the time like Legally Blonde came out yeah the year before the live action Scooby-Doo it was that like new what what wave is that third wave feminism yeah I don't even know it's just like uh, an idea that you can be tough and like empowering but still retain your like femininity like that was just like such a big concept um and so I think that's why I originally really liked her and um so it was sad to see her as like doing nothing and she is better in season two of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated which is the 2010 comic version but they do the same kind of thing in the first season where her literal only personality trait is that she's in love with Fred. Oh. Like, even in the title credits, Fred is, like, 
in love with trapping. Like that's his big thing. And so he's, his thing is that he's like pressing traps and like getting cages. And Velma is like, who has cages? I'm never I don't know. He's okay. So his whole, his whole, they, for some reason went really, really deep into like, he's in love with traps. So he reads <laughs> Traps Illustrated, which is like a bunch of bikini models with traps. And he says he reads it for the articles. Oh my God. Wow. And, um, and so that's like his big thing. Like that's his entire life. He makes a scrapbook of all the traps that he has made. He booby traps everyone's house just in case something happens. Um, and, but then in the opening credits, Velma has like a calculator and like, other things and like a magnifying glass and stuff and then um shaggy and scooby just have like a bunch of food and then like daphne just has a picture of fred (laughs) that she holds that's her whole thing because Um, how old are they are they like high school kids they're high school in this one there are like a few different things so like because like they see well they are cartoon they look like adults to me when i was a kid but also were they like married at one point Daphne and Fred or like they never go to school well so I don't know I I can only speak for the ones that I've seen um what I've seen of the original series they don't really talk about it but they're like I mean they definitely have driving age because Fred drives and then they call them meddling kids so I would say like teenage ish and then 17 live action I would say like they're kind of like I mean they seem to have like a whole corporation like, mystery inc the only scene I really remember from that movie was them in an airport and I don't yeah. see kids unattended in an airport so, so I think <laughs> I they were like older then mm-hmm. um and then a pup named Scooby-Doo was the one where they're in elementary school oh. and then um in in the what's new Scooby-Doo it's unclear but they like go on a road trip for like two seasons and Shaggy leaves like his long-term girlfriend to like Wait. go on the road <laughs> and they all they have their own house they have oh two God. houses one for guys and one for girls oh my god well it's also my memory of Scooby-Doo and like the storylines are so disjointed because they have a lot of like one-off episodes and then there's sometimes plot um I remember there's they're in a desert somewhere and then Shaggy falls in love with an alien and then she like leaves <laughs> I kind like, of remember I was gonna movie. marry that girl <laughs> yeah I'm not sure what series that is that might have been one of the movie ones and then I remember I think it was like during our lifetime that they introduced Scrappy-Doo it was like a little tiny pup I but I was always like I didn't like change yeah well them. so it's interesting what is this so new character the um so after they did like they had gone for a while. They didn't introduce Scrappy until 1979. Wow. And okay. basically, like, um, so I just like didn't watch those episodes <laughs> until later. Well, it's basically um, they like the Scooby Doo ratings were slipping, so they thought adding like a new character would help. And for some reason, it did. Even though Scrappy Doo is like literally the worst. Um, but. Yeah, so then they started, like, focusing more on Scrappy-Doo, and, but, I don't know, I think everyone, like, in our generation, just because of the live action, hates Scrappy-Doo with, like, a burning passion, because he's just so annoying. I get that. I didn't like him. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, on your question on Fred and Daphne, um, 
probably like one of my early ships. Really? <laughs> like as I always got kind of annoyed by them. I don't know really? why. I think I love Fred, Fred annoyed me or Daphne annoyed me. I don't know which. I love Fred and Daphne. I thought they were I think one of them was like acted. I think it must have been Fred that I didn't like because he acted like he liked Daphne less than she liked him. And I was like, that's so mean. Like should be in an equal relationship no, that's where everybody like, likes each other equally <laughs> yeah I mean that's kind of what it is it's like this weird thing where I mean they've there's always been like some kind of hint at like hinted relationship like they're always sitting next to each other they always pair up together um and there is like one movie where like a man's like, lack she, of ability to commit is very yeah. often well yeah so (laughs) basically the big one where they get together are the live action movies um and that's when they like are actively dating I think in the second one and then in um in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated I just realized that Freddie Prince Jr his name is Freddie and he played Fred yeah yeah I totally just I finally processed that (laughs) Okay, sorry. Just my mind blew for a second. Continue. <laughs> um, I like how we're just fl- flipping through all of them. I want to hear what if people can make sense of. <laughs> this is a weird conversation. Also, so we were both on TikTok the other day, and we saw that TikTok about Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Right, having an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mind I don't know. Alone. I don't I know mean, if that's okay, actually so, true or if it's like a different celebrity couple out there. Someone also said it might be Hugh Jackman. But she said, so basically this- I mean, anything's girl, possible. Taika Waititi, <laughs> Rita Ora, and Tessa Thompson are in a throuple, so. That's true. But like, so there's one TikTok where this girl like send, or people send this girl anonymous stories. And so, and then she acts them out and she usually likes the ones like if it's confirmed about them. And so she did say an American actor. So I don't think it can be Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. But basically the whole thing was this like dancer or something. They got together with like Freddie oh, Prince yeah. Jr. And she was like, didn't you just get married? And he was like, uh, no, well, we haven't. Get married. They got married so long ago. So yeah, I don't even it know. It happened a long time ago. But there, he was like, uh, no, we have an open relationship because this is all like career motivated, like us getting you know, together. It's career motivated and, and also uh, she's into women. So yeah. it's like. But then there are a bunch of people that were posting things. But also are, like, it wasn't career motivated for them because Sarah Michelle Geller was all, also just already successful. Yeah. I think and, yeah. But also like they have kids and are like super happy. That's what that's they what got I married think. very young and also after a short period of dating and everybody thought they shouldn't get married. Yeah. Well, I think it's also it interesting, like, because they haven't really done much since. So it feels like they like left the like, once celebrity they married, life. They, like, had kids and were like, we're rich. We don't need to work. We're going to like chill with. But our it, it seems like they left together. And so I feel like yeah. if you like it wasn't career motivated, if you're no longer like famous or something yeah so, but also like literally every other Hollywood couple has like divorced so I like who who is married right <laughs> and is still married also I feel like sorry for just like having breakfast in front of everyone <laughs> I'm like drinking my water and having my grapes but it's a vibe but um I don't know I guess we'll never know also TikTok lies yeah I feel like that's important to state but also 
sometimes TikTok doesn't lie. And that's where you get into the real shit. It would break my heart if they weren't really together. They're like... No, but they're still happy together with their lives. But also, but then who's been on like the West End? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they they traced it back to like him. So he did a play during the. the, Yeah. But like, when did he? Oh my god, I'm gonna have to do some serious. Two thousand three or something. (gasps) It was like right after the live Uh, action. No, but I mean, whatever arrangement they have, it's clearly worked out because they're like happy and still married, but. I hope they're happy. They deserve but. happiness. My Daphne. Sorry, that was a wicked reference. <laughs> I'm going to Google Freddie Prince, but keep talking. Yeah, so I don't know. I just have a lot of feelings. So like the, so they, they're dating. Fred and Daphne Whoa. are, oh. Is Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad? Oh my God, it is. Do you know how Freddie Prince Jr. spells his name, his last name, Prince? Isn't it with a Z? R I N Z E. Yeah. That's a disappointment. Oh my god. Um, oh my I god. think like um, in Mystery Incorporated, I don't know. They just have this really weird thing where Daphne is in love with him, in love with Fred. And it's, like, kind of cringy because they also have a relationship between Velma and Shaggy, and they're going to hell for that. (laughs) They're literally going to hell for that. Because, like, I don't know, I guess it's not that I see Fred as more of a sexual being, because I shouldn't (laughs) be thinking of cartoon characters like that, but I definitely don't see Shaggy in that light. And maybe it's because he, like, But also, if Shaggy was a non-cartoon, he wouldn't be that way. But basically, like, Shaggy, like, Velma says, it's either me or Scooby. You have to choose one of us. And so he dumps her for his dog. And, um, but this whole entire time, Daphne is trying to, like, get with Fred. And, um, like, Fred will say things like, you know, Daphne, I would never let anything happen to you. And she's like, really, Fred? And he's like, I would never let anything happen to my friends. I love you all equally. Oh my God. But then eventually um, he like loses Daphne. Like one of his traps goes wrong. He loses Daphne. The villain takes her and he realizes that he loves her. And he shouts, he goes and he shouts in the middle of the street, world, I am, I am an, I am not a man anymore. I have feelings. For traps and Daphne. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. But then they, they have this take really... it really that far. His yeah. love of traps. Yeah. That's also maybe that's kinky. I don't know. I know. But, but then um, yeah. they have this relationship, and he's like kind of like over controlling because he's lost. Like he like his dad's like a single dad and stuff, and so he feels like he's lost everyone he cares about. So he puts mm-hmm. together a schedule for Daphne. And you can't read all of it, but like a lot of it is like, wake up and kiss Fred's picture on your bedside table. Take the picture and say your morning affirmations. Fred loves Daphne. I love Daphne. Fred and I love Daphne. Oh my God. It's just bonkers. And then he proposes to her and then he breaks off his, their engagement. Why? 
Um, because he, I'm sorry for spoilers for anyone who wants to watch the show. 2010, uh, Scooby-Doo Monsters uh, Incorporated is amazing. It's on Netflix if you're in America. Sorry, I'm Norway listeners. I'm going to start watching. <laughs> Please do. Um, I will. But um, wait, so do you want spoilers? Yes, I love spoilers. Okay, so Always. basically, um, I know I'm like out... alone in that in my generation. <laughs> no, I do too. But I love basically... spoilers. I love the anticipation more than suspense. No, I, I have anxiety, so I can't handle suspense. <laughs> I want to know. So basically, um, the Fred's dad ends up not being his dad. Oh He's like Daddy the big villain. And so he decides Yay. to go off and find his parents because his entire life is a lie. And so he breaks up with Daphne. And wow. so she's like all heartbroken in like the next one. And then they're like slowly getting back together right now. But they have another weird moment where there is, speaking of night terrors, they oh find like a a guy who can, can who can control night terrors in people, and so Daphne like runs from like this fake monster that's all in her head, and runs into like what she thinks is Fred's room, and Fred is there, and he's like, "I would never hurt you. I would never let anything hurt you, Daphne." And she's like, "I miss being your girlfriend," and then they start making out. And then we find out that it's Shaggy, who, because of his night terror, he also thinks that he's Fred. Oh, my God. And so basically Shaggy and Daphne make out. So Shaggy's just, like, cycling through the women of the group. Oh, my God. Wow. Friend groups, man. They're always incestuous. That's crazy. But it's crazy that it's also, like, as a franchise, still going on, like, 50 years later. I know. But it makes me feel good inside. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love the style. I always liked Velma because I liked her color scheme and that she was, like, nerdy. But, um, yeah, nice name. But it's so interesting to see, like, the original comics because I guess it's just, like, how cartoons worked is that they just changed the heads each each episode and so like from the neck up you can see like those have like a darker black ring around them and then they put it on on like a body that they just change with different backgrounds but sometimes they like don't always line up so especially when they're moving you just get a head bobbing up and down and then uh they don't always pick the yeah like it's progress right yeah because they don't always pick the best body for the head so at one point fred turned his head all the way around oh my god um but yeah i don't know do you want to talk about the live action movie do you remember the live action movie i remember like seeing like trailers for it and stuff but i don't think i ever saw it in theaters and i don't think i've ever seen the movie all the way through like when it was playing on tv and stuff but um, I do remember like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. being like an it couple at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember the actor who played Shaggy just like played him so well that like that was always like a big thing. Then that it in every the role, voice. yeah, and it, in any role that he had afterwards, I was just like, oh, that's Shaggy. That's so weird that he's like in another movie. Right? Because then yeah. he took over for um, Casey Kasem. I think Casey Kasem's last one as Shaggy might have been What's New Scooby-Doo. What's interesting, and I didn't notice because I hadn't read this, 
is that he only agreed to come back as Shaggy if they made Shaggy a vegetarian like himself, which oh, is really interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. I love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> love the movie so much. But originally it wasn't supposed to be for kids. Um, like it was supposed to be a parody of yeah. Scooby-Doo. And then people heard about it and they're like, okay, let's try to make this for kids. And so they basically and used... money in that too anyways. Yeah. And so basically they had to like use a bunch of CGI to like try to get rid of like the cleavage and everything. Because they had like basically oh, wow. already filmed... There apparently is an R-rated cut of the movie. That'd be um, hilarious. But, like, originally, um, Shaggy was supposed to be a stoner, which I feel like still came across, <laughs> um, yeah. especially because they make his uh, romantic interest named Mary Jane. Crazy, yeah, and that's Ilsa Fisher, right? In yeah. Crazy. But um, I also remember, like, watching the cartoon and people being like oh scooby snacks are like weed and that's why he eats them too they're like edible um and that always being like a, like a there are like a ton of children's stuff in the 60s and 70s like have all these like adult double entendres mm-hmm. that you hear rumors about like in school and then sometimes they're like oh it's true and then sometimes they're like no you're just reading into it um but because I remember hearing about like the song Puff the Magic Dragon was like about weed and then the band and the songwriters have come out and been like no it's literally just about a dragon it's a kid song it's not <laughs> it's not about weed but also people lie or like how Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is about LSD and then the Beatles were like no it's not it's literally just like something my kid said and I thought it was interesting but it's about LSD because it was in the 70s and the 60s. Like, of course, it's about drugs. So sometimes they lie, I think, to save face. And then sometimes they're like, no, you really were just like reading too much into it. Well, that's why I think that the, the live action Scooby-Doo is funny because they're not like that. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we meant everything we said. Um, well, I think it was also funny that like the entire point of Scooby-Doo is like, don't be afraid of monsters and like supernatural creatures. Oh, yeah. They're all like guys in masks. And then the live action yeah, the movies people... were like, what if they're actually just monsters and they're trying to kill you? Because there was always something like in the cartoon that was like, oh, the danger was from this like guy in a mask, but there were still spooky stuff that happened that you couldn't explain mm-hmm. to him. But um, I also, I liked whenever people talk about like being scared of ghosts and stuff there's always like I don't know if it's a specific quote or just something people say where they're like oh no like you should it's the living you should be afraid of not of like ghosts or like the undead or something like it's the living who can hurt you like ghosts don't care about you (laughs) like they're they can't do anything even if you're scared of them because they're not alive you should be afraid of alive well there's like um a Harry Potter quote that's like don't pity the dead pity the living or something but um I just think it's so funny how Scooby-Doo was like like monsters don't exist like that's just make-believe and they have a talking dog and they're never like that's kind of weird there's always like something that that is explained by like an evil guy um and it's always the talking dog it's Fred and Daphne that are the most skeptical like it's not ghosts but then it's always Shaggy and Scooby who see a ghost and then they're like, guys, guys, like, we have to go. And they're like, what, why, blah, blah, blah. Like, at least from my memories, like, 
if there is any like real supernatural stuff that's happening it's only Shaggy and Scooby that see it and so they're like oh like it's because they're tripping it's because they're on drugs that they're seeing supernatural stuff it's not real so well that's like it's interesting so there's this weird I think it might it might have been the cool Scooby-Doo I think it came like right after might have come right after the 2010 um, Mystery Incorporated one mm-hmm. where like I read one description and it's like Fred is on trial because they think he's made up all of these monsters that he's oh catched before and they have to prove that it was like all real oh which is just wild um but I, wouldn't it be such a twist if like <laughs> after like 50 years they like realize that Scooby Doo is just like this crouched man in a mask. Oh He's just like looking for free lodging and food. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Because honestly, so many of my friends are like, to be like a domesticated upper middle class pet, to just like chill at home and right? just like be fed and pet all the time. But so I don't know. I mean, it's also interesting in the live action movie. There was supposed to be a kiss between Velma and Daphne. Oh, um, that was like the kissing was supposed to be how they swap souls. Because if you remember, oh like God. they um, I don't remember. <laughs> so basically, they had this thing called the Damon Ritus, which oh. like collects all of their souls and stuff, so that they can all go into Scrappy Doo, who is the big villain who wants to be powerful and take down Scooby Doo because he's like embarrassed of. Or, like, he wants to finally prove that he's better and has puppy power. Um, oh even though Velma says he's not even a puppy, he just has a gland problem. He has a gland um, problem. Um, also, the voice of Scrappy Doo sounds like an older man, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but so basically, they were just all Scrappy. make out to, like, trade souls, which, like, kind of still... I mean, there's, like, a part where... Um, Daphne ends up in Fred's body and Fred ends up in Daphne's body and oh, then he's yeah. like I'm gonna look at myself naked which is like oh, a big God. problem with scent yeah. um, and um, but it's also like it's so there are a bunch of things like even the last time I watched this which was two weeks ago I didn't <laughs> notice all of the the little things they they referenced the scrotum in a children's movie oh my god because um Basically, like, it's kind of already seen that um, Fred and Daphne are, like, flirting or, like, in a, like, kind of committed oh. to each other in some way. Hmm. And so Scrappy-Doo, like, pees on Daphne. I love how they the don't define the relationship. No, they're just, like, it's wow. complicated on Facebook. <laughs> um, and basically, like... Um, uh, so Scrappy-Doo pees on Daphne and Fred slams on the brakes and says, Scrappy, how many times have I told you no peeing on Daphne? And then Scrappy's like, it's an accident. And Fred says, no, you were marking your territory. <laughs> and then uh, Scrappy-Doo literally says, well, you don't have the scrotes to get the job done or something, which was like, oh. you don't have the balls to like <laughs> urinate on your girlfriend. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's that's crazy. Also, like, I don't know how pet genitals work. I've always had neutered dogs, but like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, there's also a moment where Scooby is shouting out monsters, and Fred's like, "This is the most embarrassing thing you did 
um, since you cleaned your bean in front of everyone at a Christmas party, which is basically like masturbation. Oh my God. Also, I feel like nobody has Christmas parties anymore. Right? Very yeah. sad. But like, there's also the opening scene where like Daphne has been kidnapped by a monster and then she decides that she's done being kidnapped and she's going to turn her body into a weapon, which like <laughs> fucking go. Like, yes. Right? That was like the thing that I loved. I was like, no damsel in distress anymore. We're just going to kick ass. Um, but basically like the guy, um, oops, sorry, but was it bad? Was it, did it make bad? No, 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 you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. But so um, the guy who like grabs her, like literally is like she like keeps on saying he's like keeps on grabbing at me and she's like he pawed me for an hour and a half and the whole reason why this guy was a ghost was because like the owner of a toy factory wouldn't go out with him and so he's just like a creep who like can't handle rejection and says that he's a lover boy of George Clooney proportions Which is just like, so there's so many things about consent in this movie that are just like not super addressed. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. That's crazy, man. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It is cool to like look back at like a whole history of a show though. And it had, it's just like, you know. To, like, watch everything with, like, historical context and also, like, to whenever you watch, like, kids' content back as an adult, especially, like, something with, like, Scooby-Doo where they have, like, little adult, like, what, what's it called? Like, little jokes and stuff that they put in there. Um, it's, it's, like, a whole new experience watching it back. So I think I will go back and watch a few episodes on Netflix. That sounds fun. Yeah, what's new Scooby-Doo is on Netflix. Um, the original series is on HBO Max, but I didn't. I didn't love it. I think the the Scooby Show is also on HBO Max. I'm also, I also hate how HBO Max is so expensive, but like it has the best content. Yeah, like it has. Everything. You get what you pay for, and it's just like, no, I want a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just yeah. I just I love the live action, even though it's like there was so much that went over my head. Yeah. But there's also like they're brainwashing the kids with like language and they're teaching them how to say like um no big whoop dog I'm up to snizznuff on the popular trends and it just sounds like what millennials think gen z are saying on tiktok oh my god did you see that (laughs) snl skit yeah where it was like gen z hospital of all these snl writers pretending this is what gen z kids sound like and they're just making like racial transgressions (laughs) on tv anyways Speaking about Gen Z, though, our next segment Yay. on the podcast is a new game we like to play. Is it Gen Z or Millennial Culture? Because we're in between, so we really don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I have a list of a few things. Feel free to like chime in with your own ideas. But I'll go through the list and we'll get to discuss whether or not we think it, this is Gen Z culture or Millennial culture. And play along with us at home. Ooh. Um. Yeah, so the first thing is Jenna Marvel, the YouTuber, the great that has now passed on. She's been on YouTube for, or she was on YouTube for over 10 years, I think. She was one of the first YouTubers to like make it big and make a lot of money on it. Um, But she also 
I don't know if this counts towards like cancel culture or whatever, but basically a lot of people found uh, offensive old videos from like 10 years ago that she had published. And, and though some people were like, you know, making the apology, like sort of mention it because she had since deleted the videos. Um, a lot of people were like, this is too much. Like you shouldn't, you don't deserve a platform. So she was like, you know what? I've had a good run. If it makes people happy that I stop making videos, like that's fine. And so she stopped. And a lot of people are upset because she had such a long career on a platform that sort of like began during the millennial teenage years uh, to the Gen Z teenage years. Um, would you consider her a Gen Z icon or a millennial icon? Because she herself is a millennial. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you talk about YouTube and stuff to some older millennials, sometimes they're, they're like, I don't watch YouTube. I don't know. I watch cat videos. But yeah and her audience would skew younger than she was so do you think she is like a gen z culture thing or a millennial culture thing i would say like early gen z yeah i feel like a lot of my like friends older gen z's or yeah i think like i don't know obviously like all of these are kind of on the cusp so <laughs> like us but i think like yeah, I don't know. I would say like a lot of my friends watch Jenna Marbles and I don't really think about like I think the concept of like YouTubers and like influencers feels more Gen Z than millennials, even yeah. if it might have started more in millennial territory. Yeah, I think that's sort of the like I think a lot of things started with millennials and then Gen Z's are sort of like I don't know, like solidifying it or like they're on like the more peak side of cultural trends and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, yeah, it is very interesting because I know a lot of Gen Zs will watch YouTube as in like, for them, it's a viable career option. And there are a lot of people currently like making a living off of YouTube. Whereas I feel like for millennials, they were like, oh, like it's like a one-off. It's like being a reality TV star. It's like, you can't really plan for it to happen, but it can. Mm -hmm. it can. Um, so I don't know. Maybe she's a zillennial icon. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> I do, I, I do, the people I know who watch her were our age, but mm -hmm. I stopped watching her too after a while. Like I watched her more in her, the early stages. And then like the type of YouTube videos I watched just like shifted. So I like didn't really watch her content anymore. But it's very interesting. Um, similar to that, David Dobrik, who is, I think, our exact age. I think he's 97. Mm -hmm. Do you consider him a Gen Z icon or a millennial icon? He is also on like the process in the process of being canceled as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he stopped making YouTube videos. But he's like one of the biggest mainstream YouTubers of like modern days. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably I've say never watched his videos. Me either. I would probably say Gen Z again, just because that's I don't know, I feel like it was past like me. I feel like it was like past my generation. Um, and I also know that he, like, had, like, a podcast or, like, a radio show or something with a bunch of, like, TikTokers. Like, he was trying mm -hmm. to collaborate with, like, Charlie D'Amelio and stuff like that. I also just hate him, which I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not a fan. So, I, like, I just never hate... really liked his content, but, like, his humor was very, like, not, not for me. 
for some reason, I am like personally offended by his fruit punch uh, water fountain in his house where he has like a water fountain that just like does like fruit punch. And I just like can't wrap my head around it or why you would have that or like how sanitary it is. And so whenever I think about that, I get mad. That makes, just fruit punch in general makes me kind of upset. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I've i never liked his style of content. Um, but I also think because his audience also skewed like much younger, he's like such a cultural thing for like Gen Z's and like mm-hmm. kids that are like in middle school and stuff like that. Whereas, which is also like the idea that like, someone that big was influencing like children and he's like problematic and wasn't you know super great on consent and those kind of things like that was like oh that's damaging and it's on a platform that's so unregulated like YouTube versus like you know if you make children's television there's tons of laws that you have to like get through to be able to broadcast so it is very it is a very dangerous slope which is also why YouTube has uh required you to when you post videos to youtube it requires you to say is this made for kids is it not made for kids and then they won't show that video to children which is good but um yeah i do i do think any influence or damage he um (laughs) has is over like the gen z population yeah so i don't know i'm kind of happy that his downfall has arrived right (laughs) i feel like so many people saw it coming too just because of the freaking fruit punch I know he's done a bunch of bad things but the fruit punch (laughs) just pisses me off um but moving on down the list um dyed hair like funky colors because I grew up like looking up to Haley Williams who had tons of funky colors in her hair and she's a millennial a lot ton of her fans are millennials Paramore also has younger fans but uh gen z with like tiktok trends and um a lot of like makeup tutorials that they grew up with and stuff like that like they learned so many like hair and makeup skills very early on because they have all these resources now whereas before um huge access to the internet you kind of like had to ask your older sister you like played around at claire's with your friends and stuff like i see a lot of dyed hair in gen z and like mainstream culture gen z slash there's i think maybe alt cultures are more accepted in gen z mm-hmm. um but also like tons of kids had dyed tons of tons of millennial kids had dyed hair in school as well and it was like the cool thing to do back then as well so would you say like having cool chunky dyed hair is more of like a gen z thing or a millennial thing or a trend that uh transcends time yeah. or is it just more widely accepted in Gen Z because I do know there like used to be schools that had rules against artificial hair colors. Um, We both currently don't have dyed hair either. (laughs) I would say probably like transcends time because like you would also like, you know, colonial era, you have the powdered wigs (laughs) that are clearly (laughs) not real. Um, I also think like, like enough time has passed that I think like Gen Z has like they brought back 80s culture 2000s culture but I also think like the the emo trends of like even 2009 are making a comeback already within like just a 10-year cycle so I think like 
the cool millennials are also what make Gen Z cool. So I feel like it's the same trend. It's just like the cycle has come back around mm-hmm. in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. I, I mean, know. like, I think like the millennial trends that I remember, like there was all that like clip on fake hair that was like one strand of like pink and stuff. And I just remember all of like the spray, like fake little hair that you could like dye for like an hour. And so I, yeah. And so I feel like it was like a lot less of a permanent thing in Mm. like millennial times, but I think it was still there. I just wasn't as aware of it. I do think Gen Z's are a bit more educated on like, they're learning how to like bleach their hair at home and stuff like that. But Recently, I saw a TikTok of, uh, actually, I didn't see this TikTok. I saw Stitch with this TikTok because I'm not on mainstream TikTok, <laughs> where uh, one of the big TikTokers right now, Addison Ray, she made a TikTok with a feather in her hair and somebody was like, it's back. Like, it hasn't even been that long, but the trend of like 2009, 2010, where people would put feathers in their hair is back. And I was like, I remember like doing that, like as a like a teeny bopper and a preteen and a teenager like wanting to put feathers in my hair because like the lead singer of the band Versa Merge had feathers in her hair <laughs> um and so I was like oh my god but also like looking back at pictures of myself I was like it's not like a look it just like looked like I was like at camp or something but oh my god I forgot to take a picture I forgot to take a picture of my old childhood picture <laughs> for holly oops anyways but yeah but basically i'm like that trend wasn't even that good it shouldn't come back (laughs) but um with someone that influential it probably will also the tiktok that i saw mentioned it because they were like back in 2009 2010 when feathers in your hair was like a trend a ton of fishermen got really pissed because all there was like a feather shortage because all the cool teens were like putting in their oh hair, God. they didn't have enough feathers to like make make bait out of, and so oh, wow. there was like a fisherman shortage. And I was like, damn. Wow, I never heard about that. That's interesting. Yeah, but that being said, I think Gen Z. <laughs> hello, <laughs> I think Gen Z have a bigger hold on having dyed hair as teenagers mm-hmm. because they have so much more education and stuff there's like a wider variety of cool ways to dye your hair at home versus like I feel like in maybe the 2000s people just had to you just had to like get fox dye at the Mm -hmm. grocery store instead of like going to Sally's and like getting specific developers and like pigments and all these things so Mm -hmm. I do think it's slightly more of a Gen Z thing but also I love hair education (laughs) so like I want the kids to run with it but um the next on the list is, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, what about the concept of a manic pixie dream girl? Do you think that's more of a Gen Z thing or a millennial thing? Because it, it's, it was basically codified after the movie 500 Days of Summer with mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel and that whole sort of trend and, like, um, the movie uh the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that was a big thing and so I think it was a trope that began with like millennial movies and stuff like that but and I feel like with those movies a lot of times we're supposed to learn the lesson to not 
sort of take these women and make them an idea. Mm-hmm. But do you think Gen Z has learned that lesson or <laughs> <laughs> because I see things on I would see things on like Tumblr and then like I still see it on TikTok where they sort of like you have like that e-girl trend and stuff like that where they're like romanticizing mental illness like too much and uh trying to be quirky and stuff like that like do you think that's sort of like a phase that everybody has to like learn through growing up or like was it like a millennial trend of like the manic pixie dream girl and then like anything else in the younger generations is like its own thing um I mean I think it's kind of continued but I think it's mainly millennial because I think if you like look at a lot of like the early movies the big plot line was like you have a character who's like not like other girls and that yeah. was the big thing you still have the like pick me choose me mm-hmm. girls on tiktok too so. but i feel like it's kind of like more accepted to be quirky or weird and stuff and i don't think i think the like not like other girls kind of thing has yeah. died I down think i think everyone just rose the hell out of you <laughs> yeah and i think uh gen z being such an accepting generation has helped with it as well that it's not mm-hmm. so much like these people were so marginalized by like mainstream culture um but yeah so I like that in Gen Z as well but um yeah basically the last thing I have on this list is uh well there are two things but (laughs) the thing that I'm gonna go over very quickly was I put down the year 1997 (laughs) if it leans more Gen Z or millennial (laughs) the people born in that year Mm -hmm. but I don't know, because I feel like we're, we stand very firmly in the gray area of millennial that we're, like, fighting against leaning one way or the other. But, like, if you saw someone on the street not knowing their personal experiences or, like, when their parents were born or if they had older siblings, younger siblings, where do you think that person would lie on the spectrum of Gen Z versus millennial? I feel like millennial has, like, I don't know. Because in just... my head, the divide is, like, 9-11. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why the divide isn't like the year 2000. Like, that's what I feel like things should divide. (laughs) Also, the thing, like, I feel like Billie Eilish is a big icon of her generation of Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And she was born after 9-11. And that was like a big defining thing for me. It's like, oh, yeah, there are people that are young. But it's like, as soon as I see that, like, a famous person that I like um, is younger than 9-11, like it puts me in a whole different perspective of seeing them and like the way they grew up. Yeah. So for me, the delineation between Gen Z and millennial is really like 9-11 based, exactly. which is a very like American thing. And then it's also very like, maybe that's only a huge thing because I grew up near Washington, DC and like the Pentagon was a big mm-hmm. thing during 9-11 and like people in New York, probably they probably feel the same way because they were very close to it. So it's like, I don't know if that's such like a delineation for like, kids in Montana who they like heard about it on the news maybe when they got home that day but like didn't weren't taken from school at like Mm -hmm. 8 like 10 a.m you know so I don't know if that like has a big as big of an impact on like kids when they think of Gen Z versus millennial you know yeah yeah I don't know but the true last thing on my list is Instagram because everybody millennials and Gen Z they all use Instagram businesses use use Instagram 
I'm so sorry. I'm still eating the grapes. I should have stopped. <laughs> but I feel like the younger millennials, they started using something called Finsta, where you'd have like your sort of curated image of yourself on your like Instagram where you wouldn't really post that often. And then you'd have your Finsta where you put posts like shit posts and just like random photos, funny stuff, um, random captions. And you only have like your close friends who you like don't really feel shame around and you can just like do whatever or post whatever. Um, and then Instagram has the like close friends stories now and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then with the rise of like TikTok and stuff, um, I feel like Gen Z's are using Instagram a lot less and Instagram is becoming more of like yeah. a Facebook type platform where it is very like curated and less authentic um, mm-hmm. and also more public to like your parents probably can see your Instagram and like who you're applying to jobs for <laughs> like they can probably see your Instagram but they probably couldn't find your TikTok yeah. um, so would you consider like Instagram going the way of Facebook and MySpace where it's sort of leaning towards like the older generation so it it will like expire with that generation (laughs) or do you think Instagram will sort of like keep up and sort of like continue to be used by Gen Z um because also I I feel like Gen Z has also invented something called a Rinsta where it's like your real Insta where you have Instagram a Finsta and then you have a Rinsta which is like a a layer more inward <laughs> to yeah. your close friends which I don't know I, think, I don't think I have that many friends <laughs> <laughs> no. well I think like I don't know I mean I still see like some Gen Z like using Instagram because I think like the concept of taking like really cool photos and stuff wasn't really something that I remember much of like millennial culture and so I think the like need to post pictures yeah. maybe not like selfies or anything but I feel like that is still yeah well there. in my head I still like associate most millennials with Facebook mm-hmm. so and then I do associate TikTok with Gen Z yeah so I don't really know where Instagram Instagram is, is the battleground <laughs> but also like I think a lot of people that are on the internet quite often use Twitter the most and I'm not a mm-hmm. huge Twitter, like, I don't post things on Twitter, but I'll follow yeah. people. Um, so, and I feel like Twitter just, like, it's such a toxic environment, but it's, like, everyone's on it. Like, old people, journalists, really young people, people who shouldn't be on Twitter are on Twitter. <laughs> and, like, everyone in between. So, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like, I don't really see Twitter as being delineated by generations but I feel like maybe Facebook and Instagram are a little bit more vulnerable to like those kind of separations yeah because isn't Facebook also linked with Instagram as well I think sometimes yeah yeah it's interesting sorry I almost choked but I saved it (laughs) but um I'm tearing up a little bit but it's okay (laughs) would you like to do would you like to do a mad lib Sure. Um, before we do that, I'm going to give everybody a little grape update. Ooh. I've eaten quite a few more stems. I didn't intend to eat these, these many grapes, but they're so addictive and they're tasty <laughs> and they're fresh. I like bought them this morning. Anyways, let's get into those Mad Libs. <laughs> so today we're doing the Scooby-Doo Mad Libs Jr. because of course I own this. You own so um, many Mad Libs. I do. I feel like I threw all mine out or donated them or sold them. 
right? Yeah. I donated a lot, but all the ones that I like, I had done a lot of them. I just decided to keep. Um, Silvana, can you give me a noun? Ooh, um, a noun. Kombucha. <laughs> That's never been put in a Scooby-Doo Mad Lib ever. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna do. There do they do symbols for this one? <laughs> they don't put verbs, so I have to figure out what the symbols mean. Yeah. I think this is a verb. Um, so I'm gonna do. Um, I don't know why I turned slightly Australian. I heard that, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm gonna say flickered. Ooh. Um, can you give me a verb? Mm. Waiting. Like waiting in a pool. Not waiting as in time. Gotcha. Um, and then an adjective, I'll say. Um, dynamic. Oh my god. Which is also a noun. Yeah. Is dynamic an adjective? Yeah. He's a very dynamic singer. I want it to be. It has a weird dynamic with that singer. I want it to be dynamic Daphne and not danger prone Daphne. I will change the narrative. I love her. Yeah. Um, Could you give me just the miscellaneous word? I don't fully know. It just sounds like that's another noun. (laughs) Do popcorn. Popcorn? Mm hmm. I'm gonna do a miscellaneous and do pillow. Okay, give me a noun. Laptop charger. <laughs> Not influenced by my line of sight at all. <laughs> um, another noun. I would say ladybug. Can you give me another noun? Grapes. Okay. Also, are you a red grape or a green grape? I'm a green grape. Same. <laughs> Um, and then I have to do adjective. Why is adjective the worst one? Smelly. I like that. Um, could you give me an adjective? Um, all the adjectives I feel like would go really well with Scooby Doo. Like <laughs> scary, spooky, and I'm like no, that'll just make sense. Um, you could do clandestine. Does Ooh. that work? I don't know how to pronounce it, but sounds fancy. Um, and then I have another noun. Say piggy bank. Could you give me a noun? A noun. Um, a bank account. Oh my god! I did bank, piggy bank, and you said bank. <laughs> oh no. Um, and then I'm doing a verb. Uh, snip. Um, could you give me a noun? Magnesium. <laughs> I'm taking my magnesium vitamins too. I'm eating everything during oh this episode. I'm so sorry. It's in it's in the vein of uh, Shaggy and Scooby. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. This is called Bon Voyage. Oh After God, Scooby and the gang solved the mystery of the haunted kombucha, they decided to take a vacation. They flickered in the mystery machine and waited to a dynamic beach, da- beach town in the popcorn. When they arrived, they spent the first few hours at the pillow, eating laptop charger and talking about ladybug. But suddenly the gang started to hear weird grapes and see smelly shadows. Suddenly Velma screamed, look, 
I just saw a group of clandestine villains jumping oh. jump into the piggy bank. The gang quickly left the bank account and sniffed to the van. Rut row, cried Scooby. Don't worry, Scoob, assured Fred. We'll get the scary magnesium. So much for a squishy vacation. Cute. Aw. A squishy vacation. I need a vacation. I literally just came back from visiting my house. But I need I need another travel right now. Thank you so much for everyone for making my dreams come true. I've never been more excited to do anything in my entire life. This was a very special episode for Maria. <laughs> so when, when will I be released by the Scooby-Doo obsession? Probably At never. At most in the last four years. But, but it feels like it's lasted a really long there's time. There's a difference between obsession and love. So it just might be true love. Like well, I feel... I've loved it, Paramore since like 2008, man. 2007. Well, it feels like it's like a winter soldier kind of thing. Where it's like yeah. this Scooby-Doo love has been buried deep down. And then mm. someone said like, oh, homecoming. And I like woke up and I'm back. And I'm like, jeepers. Oh, oh my God. But yeah, I love how you've incorporated this into your everyday attire. It's really good to see. <laughs> Literally <laughs> all I talk about now is Scooby-Doo. I mean, 70s fashion has been back in style, too. That's true. Um, but yeah, so if you would like to follow us, uh, the podcast, you can listen to us on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, watch us on YouTube. On watch and listen on, to us. <laughs> and you can, on Anchor, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts and our Instagram is Millennial Support Group. Our Twitter is VSP Podcast. Our email is zillennialpodcast at gmail.com. Please, for the love of God, send us a word. <laughs> or just like chat. Or just, just chat. Like, just tell us about your day, any sort of experience. We'll read it on the podcast. <laughs> or if you want to come on, yeah, we'll be Delilah. Remember Delilah, the radio oh my station? God, Delilah. Fuck but, that girl. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. She annoys me so much. Oh my God. But we can also, if you ever want to be a guest on our show. Yeah. If you want to send in embarrassing, like, zillennial experiences, anything. Or that fan, fiction. Do, fan fiction. Fan <laughs> fiction. Any life with Eric. <laughs> you want to send it our way? You can totally do so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been nice chatting with everyone this week, uh, and we'll catch you next week. And then I'm going to do the Scooby-Doo thing where he's in a circle and it goes, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, and then it, <laughs> it goes in and fades to darkness. Okay. <laughs> cool. This is part right. of my healing process. <laughs> I also just ate a sour grape. Oh. Tingling's all around my jaw. Jinkies. Boom. There's been many a time this podcast where I've just like winced oh. while you were speaking. Was it just <laughs> me being crazy? <laughs> no, it's just me eating my grapes inappropriately. I really shouldn't eat grapes while on the job. But <laughs> anyways, okay, bye. Bye.